This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a Media Week Podcast. This is, in fact, our second podcast with Craig Bruce. Craig, welcome back to Media Week. Hello. We're going to be talking about what you've, one of the things you've been up to anyway since you left Southern Cross Australia after yes. roughly 27 years with them through a couple of different owners over, the, over those years. Now, um, Game Changers yep. is the name of the podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's interesting. I um, we uh, uh, when Southern Cross merged with Austeria and we had all of those regional stations come together. Um, I started a thing called the uh, SEA Grad School, where we would bring in um, hand-picked breakfast shows and content directors from around the country, predominantly from the regional markets, to um, grab them in a room for a day and talk about the, the things that you know we thought were important from an IP perspective, and you know share as much information and, and knowledge as we could. Um, I think in year two or three, we started to invite some of our breakfast hosts to the day. Um, yeah, Eddie came along, and um, Mick Malloy, Fifi Box, uh, Andy Lee. Um, Luke Darcy and uh, I would host this actually myself Dave Cameron Fitzy we would do them as Q&A's versus the guys having to come along and present something so um, and I really enjoyed getting on stage and talking to radio people about radio it's kind of you know it's my special subject I felt comfortable doing it so that was always in the back of my mind and um, and I've always loved there's a show on Foxtel called the actors studio which Mm -hmm. you may or may not have seen and what I love about it it's got it's it's um, it has absolutely nothing to do with the actor and and who they're sleeping with and and who they might be seeing and how much weight they lost this week it's the it's about technique and process and and um, how do they do what they do? So just it was really just one of the first things that I, I thought would be um, worthwhile uh, when I came out of it and had some time was to go, okay, well, that, that would be fun to do something like that. And it really just sat as an idea for a few months. I just didn't have the – I mean, based in Adelaide, how do I bring all of that together? So I was talking to Jay Mueller. He has um, just started a – so Jay is the EP of the Hot Breakfast in, uh, at Triple M in Melbourne. And Jay had just uh, started a company called Bad Producer Productions. So he's um, – essentially he's uh, uh, producing uh, uh, storytelling on, on whatever platform is appropriate from podcast to video. And um, he and his partner Astrid have just started that in the recent months. And I told him about this idea and he said, oh, that's, I, I want to do it. Let, let's do that together. Um, so there's no way in the world we could have done, and uh, you would know with podcasts, it's just, there is a lot of work in the back end <laughs> to prepare. So, so Jay has produced the podcast um, and done all the work, and Jay and Astrid have done the website, and 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 a lot of the 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 effort that has gone into it has been certainly shared. But they've driven a lot of that, and and have done an amazing job. Um, and look, you know, the the opportunity was I was pretty nervous about getting in front of the mic again because I hadn't really done it from an on air perspective for such a long period of time. So um, I wanted to talk to people that I felt comfortable with, um, and I wanted to, um, you know, I guess series one are the people that I really um, like as well as respect. So, I, uh, you know, they're all uh, at varying levels friends, I guess, as well as colleagues. Um, so it was an easy one phone call. Hey, Mick, I'm going to do this thing. Can you help out? Yes. Um, you know, Chrissy, Eddie and, and Marty. Oh, it was a very easy conversation to get that up and running. Um, and it's been terrific. Uh, uh, it's been a... You know, I did a lot of research on all of them. I tried to sort of um, look at their careers in chronological order and, and, and delve into some of the moments where, where th- 
things that worked for them and and where they you know they've had challenges along the way and uh, um, you know it was just a I think it's been really um, it's been really it's been great for me to do it so it's really content marketing essentially I mean I'm, I'm writing a bit and doing a few things here and there and helping out where I can um, but what it's given me a chance to do when you spend an hour with someone who's had any level of success in broadcasting, you, you learn so much or, or what you already know is reinforced. Um, and so I can then use some of what I've learned from these sessions and, and, and use them in my work moving forward. Um, so, yeah, that was the idea behind it. As I said, it's, um, it's, a, it's a joint project and um, it w- would have sat on the shelf if Jay didn't come along and say, hey, I think this is a really good idea and let's make it work. And he's every bit as passionate about it as I am, which is awesome. And it, it's been great to have a partnership like that. And, um, yeah, so far so good. Can you make any money out of it? I don't know, mate. Um, I, Was I, it just I, keep your keep the Craig Bruce radio brand alive? Well, well it's, um, someone asked me, if is it a legacy um, um, project for you you know you're trying to protect the legacy and maybe I am subconsciously I'm not sure um, I could imagine in 12 months from now doing Game Changers live um, inviting some of the the people that I talk to onto, onto a stage with you know invite media students radio people um, people like yourselves um, to come along do some presentations um, with, with you know with myself and Jay and a Sam Kavanagh that kind of thing and and that that's where I think it could move to eventually. Um, I mean, I'm keen to talk to, you know. So we're going to try and do two to th- three to four series a year if we can. Okay. Um, you know, I want to talk to Zane Lowe in um, uh, uh, at uh, Beats One. Uh, I want to see if I can get Howard Stern. Hasn't that gone off the radar as quickly as it well, came? Well, it has, but he's an extraordinary music creator and one of the very few uh, um, radio broadcasters who really cares about music. To be honest. Um, you know Howard Stern. Uh, look, that's a long shot, but I, I'm, I'm going to go after all of those big names and see if I can talk to them on a radio level about what they do from a broadcast point of view. Um, I, you know, and we'll see where it goes. I guess it's like anything when you step out of the warm bosom of corporate life, where your salary is guaranteed on a week-to-week basis. You kind of put one step in front of the other and see where it might lead and and um if you can kind of stay you know be persistent and and have some resolve around a concept it might turn into something down the track i've listened to both the first two um chrissy swan and um marty shigold Shigold, (laughs) and um both Nova employees. I think the next two was it right? Mick, uh, Eddie Eddie's and Mick Malloy. Uh, I think then it's we'll James Brayshaw. Odd Brayshaw, okay. And then Sam Kavanagh and Mick's at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Will there be many awkward moments through these things? I mean, because you work, some of these people have been colleagues. Yep. I don't think you actually ever worked with Chrissy, did you? No, I haven't. No. I mean, I, I like Chrissy a lot, and um, I think you, you could probably hear that in the interview. I, 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 um, I don't think I could program her because I like her too much. I think, you know, it's, I think you've got to. So you might concept. avoid that awkward conversation in this series, but there will come a time. Well, I agree. Possibly someone you might have had to let go. Yeah. Or. Well, I'm talking you know, to Kyle quest- at the moment, and um, I'm hoping to do. Um, in series two I'm, I'm sure he, he will do series two together and he'll be a part of that and um, uh, and that will be uh, difficult 
Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk to Alan Jones. I don't know him. I've never worked with him, but I'd love to speak to him. Um, I just think that the idea, it really, the, the, at the heart of it, it's the study of success in broadcast. Um, and my view has always been, um, you, you know, that the fastest way to get better at anything you do is to look at the benchmark in your field of, of choice, whatever work you might be doing, and, and try and understand and and um, observe them and 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 pull apart technique, process, behaviours, attributes. And so I, I did that when I was at SCA. I would always, my thing was always trying to put people on a pedestal as soon as I could find someone. You know, we did that with Hamish and Andy right from the start. As soon as we knew they were special, we just put them out front of, of pretty well any group that we could to go, we, we can all learn from these guys. Mm. You know, so let's do, sit down and, and be open to how do we all get better at what we're doing. So that's the concept, I guess, is to go, um, it is a really difficult industry. It's brutal. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed with all of the interviews I've done, from Brayshaw to Malloy to, to Maguire, Chrissy, Marty, they've all had their fair share of failure. None, none of them have had it all in their own terms every, every time. Even Eddie. I mean, you know, Eddie, Eddie had his moments back in the early 2000s, finishing up in Sydney, and he talks about that on the podcast. And... Um, so I think it's good for young people to hear that, that there's no clear path to success. And it's, it might look like a straight line and it might look really, wow, how did that happen? You know, click your fingers and where do I press control, alt, delete and make that happen for myself? Well, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And when you sit down and talk to these people, they, they, um, you know, they're really open about the fact that there's been plenty of moments where things haven't, haven't turned out as they would have hoped. Yeah, and I get that's one of the things that intrigues you too. I think because there's a moment during the Chrissy Swan uh, interview where you sort of you can tell you're probably sitting up paying a bit more attention was when you asked about I think her departure from Mix as yep. it was then in Melbourne. Yep. You know, and I think you were actually interested. It was probably one of the few questions you didn't know the answer to. Yeah, and in, there was a bit um, of a pause there from her end as well. I'm not sure that she. Yeah, I think it was something about on the table and. And then she, yeah, she paused and then think, yeah, no, it wasn't. And yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I always thought that Chrissy and, and Mix were a natural fit. And, and hey, I've been on both sides. I'm sure there were, and I haven't spoken to Duncan about, about why Chrissy left Mix. And, and I'm sure he has a very good reason for it. Um, but it, outside looking in, it always looked like a perfect match for her to be on that format moving forward. And um, Maybe not so much the Kiss brand, though. Maybe. maybe might have been in there thinking yeah. way back then, perhaps. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I personally... But I then dis- you could argue with that, too. Right? Yeah, you could. Um, anyway, we were we were glad. When, when Chrissy left and they put Matt in, um, Matt and Chrissy would have been <laughs> a very, very scary proposition for SCA, and thank God it didn't happen. Mm. Uh, well, you know, hey, it doesn't matter now, but um, certainly then. So, yeah, that was certainly something that I noticed, and I, I think I mentioned to you previously, you know, the other thing that I've really noticed, and, and it's something that um, you'll hear as a theme throughout the interviews, is is this idea of curation is is at the heart of what good talent do. They, you know, they know when to say no, uh, and they know themselves well enough. They won't accept... I, you know, for me, having worked with lots of shows over the years, the ones that I find easiest to work with are often the ones that fail the fastest. You know, if I can convince a breakfast show to do pretty well anything that I want them to do, then they haven't really worked out what they want to do. Mm. You know, when you've got to have a good, tough, robust conversation around does this fit, I don't feel comfortable talking about X, Y and Z, Craig, um, we're going to have to find a better solution. That to me is a much 
um, much better option than a show that is waiting for how do you want how do you want this thing to sound? Because if you haven't worked it out in your head, at five o'clock in the morning, you're going to make some flimsy, you know, half-assed decisions around what could be on the show that yeah. day. I love that you ask all of the, the guests I've heard so far lots of questions about what they want from content directors. Well, and, I mean, and I, what what. What advice do they like? What advice don't they care about? Yeah, no, well, I'm interested so in it. you're be- fascinated by that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I am. Well, because I think that, um, you know, and I've, I've had success and failure with, with, um, with shows and talent, and there would be a long list of names where I've failed badly. Amanda Blair. Um, I failed with Kyle. I mean, Kyle and I, um, Kyle, I mean, I was the person that he would call all the time when he needed some advice and... and um, and I had that relationship and I really, um, it was important for me to have that relationship and I let it go over time and it was a huge mistake on my part. Um, and um, so, yeah, the content director role and you hear Chrissy talk about it. I mean, if you're not in their camp and if they don't feel like you have them and you have their back, it's um, yeah, it's really hard to do the kind of work that certainly that Chrissy does, which is that vulnerable, I'm going to say whatever is on my mind. They all talk uh, um, authentically and, and openly about their lives. But, yeah, you've got to feel like you're being supported. Yeah. I mean, and I've told this to you every time I see you, Neely, but you provided one of the – you helped build that Kyle brand that, you know, what he is today by when your time at um, – you were today yeah. content – Director, or that's it was right. PD back yeah. then, probably wasn't it? Yeah, and you they got you on air. Oh, that's <laughs> during right. During a couple the of crises, thing, yeah. yeah, the prostitute thing was the uh, yeah. the most memorable of all those, yeah. and it was it was just great radio, you know. And that's people <laughs> love. That's why I think a lot of people don't understand that people love to peek behind the curtain of a radio show. Yeah, and it's yeah. a relatively simple thing to yeah to, to let the listeners in on, you know. And well, in, in, Kyle and Jack do that best. I exactly. Think. It's simple in theory to, to, do, to yeah, do it well, true. and there's plenty that have tried to do it. And, and to do it authentically yeah, like they do yeah. it, you know. I mean, that was always the thing that I noticed with Kyle and Jack back in the day in those early stages of the show. I mean, when they talked about what are we going to get noticed uh, um, for this week, uh, you know, yeah. they, they wanted a really tough response. They didn't mm. want... Um, let's do something simple and easy. They were they were saying, okay, well, how close can we get to the line so we don't cross it? And occasionally they did, but let's scare ourselves here. And it was yeah, white knuckle all the way often. But you know, that's where you get the results. But on the other hand, could a content director get too close to the talent? Oh, all the time. I, I, I it was one of my um, you can great drinking, failings. having beers, anything. Or hang on a minute. Yeah, absolutely. I, really, there's going to come a time where I'm going to. Uh, this will be awkward for it's me. It's the first mistake that you, certainly young content directors make. They think, okay, well, how do I? My the easiest way, the path of least resistance here is for me to 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 get in with them and to be mates yeah. with them. No, no, not not uh, um, not consciously thinking about friendships, but but just uh, making it too easy for for breakfast, and yeah, having that really clear and and deliberate line between work and and um, and social is so important, and and you see it stepped over so often. Um, it's not helpful. It, it you know the idea of the content director or the EP of the show is to provide objective feedback and how can you be objective if you're sitting inside and you've got personal relationships going on or if you can't deliver feedback that needs to be heard because you know you feel like you might uh, um, uh, ruin a friendship I mean that's, that's you know that's really dangerous but it's a really good point James it happens all the time yeah and there's um and particularly this media industry it's um there's often times where you can't tell someone the truth 
it's totally because it's just not appreciated, and no. you've got to wait for the right moment. You've got to tell them what they want to hear often, yeah. don't you? Because yeah. it's just well, you try and reinforce what they do well, and then and yeah. then you work around the things that they they're struggling with, and and um, yeah, great performance is at the foundation of it is self-assurance and, and the confidence to get on the air and be themselves. And so if you're always chipping away at what they're not doing well, then that, you know, that turns into second guessing. It turns into, you know, um, a, a, you know, a timid performance where it should be, you know, really strong and powerful. And um, yeah, you do. You have to walk a very fine line between what they want to hear and what they need to hear. But as soon as you stop giving feedback, you've stopped caring. Uh, and I learned that in the very early stages, and I've seen it plenty of times. If you're a content director and you're not giving feedback, you don't, you're not, you're showing that you don't care. Yeah, you've got to get in there and help them. There's an interesting part in the Marty podcast. We ask him about um, mud brick houses. Yes, as he and you, you joke, say you've probably got a couple by now, haven't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you're paying some of these people quite a lot of money, aren't you? Yeah, for, yeah. for their job. So I'm not. So I don't want to use him as the example, but in general, you know. And you must see lots of people have, have handled it differently yep. over the years, you know. Yeah, I think all of them have a sense of this, uh, um, a real sense of the temporary nature of, of their jobs. I don't think any of them take um, today for granted. That was certainly the sense that I got, was that they all felt as though there was going to be a tap at some point. And, and this is insane when you think of the level of performer we're talking to. But... Um, maybe not Eddie, um, but certainly the others. And, and I mean that, you know, Ed's yeah, yeah, got yeah. a million things on the go. But I, I, I got But he knows sense. Triple M one day mightn't want sure. that breakfast show. I yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that um, certainly with Marty and Chrissy, they were just enjoying the fact that it's happening now, it's working well, and, um, and you know, we'll make plans when we have to down the track. Yeah, Marty had that plan from when I knew him in Adelaide in 03. His, his life was going to be the, the mud brick house God knows where, somewhere in the, you know, 100 miles off from uh, the back of Melbourne somewhere. And I don't know, as I said, I'm not sure whether he has one or not, but that was always his, his thing, that once the media thing's done, he's going to go back and, you know, live a relaxed and comfortable life. Were you involved in much of the Judith Lucy? Was that before you got involved in sort of content roles in Sydney? Well, or my job was... Expressly, my job from from um, that era was to go there. Um, you know, Jeff Alice was the head of content at the time, and he said, uh, "Well, I moved up there in August." And he said, "You've got eight weeks to work out whether Judith can make it or not." At the time, I'm, so I'm, it was around at the end of July, and and we were or two day was a a two share in its target audience, young females, twenty five, thirty four. We had two percent. Uh, and this is, you know, you can imagine back in the day, two-day dominated, you know, with, through the Wendy Harmer days. So we, we virtually had no audience in, in our target. So he said, you've got eight weeks to work out whether the show can last, and then you've got, uh, and then if it's not Judith Lucy, who's going in there? So the decision on Judith wasn't difficult, and I mean that with respect. I don't think she wanted to do Today FM, and, and it just wasn't a, it wasn't a fit for her or for us. And then we had the, you know, three, maybe two-month discussion around Kyle and Jack. Um, they were doing drive at the time. We were worried that they'd be too young um, for, for breakfast. You know, having it was quite a short jump, food. wasn't it, from evening to drive and then yeah. the brekkie. Mm-hmm. But the first time I, I, I knew they were a breakfast show, there was a piece that they did in Drive where Jackie and Kyle were talking about. Kyle was talking about the video that plays in his head of of um, when he's having sex with his girlfriend, and the video <laughs> isn't his girlfriend, uh, and it was this 
two or three, and you could imagine how they played it out. And, and as I heard it go through, I thought, wow, this is this is a this is an adult show. This is a, a not adult as in uh, X rated. It's a this is a show um, that uh, that that has real potential. And um, yeah, it took a while, but you know that was the so. Yeah, Judith was... Um, yeah. I, I asked the Judith Lucy question. She actually probably made quite a bit of money out of um, retelling her time with Osteria, didn't she? You know, it, she had a, a stand-up um, show that was pretty much about her time yeah. at Today FM. And I think that, you know, Judith, on the right format, I mean, Judith's amazing. I mean, mm. she's one of the great comedians of... Yeah, of, very funny. Uh, unbelievable. But but she didn't want to do a, a top 40 radio format. And let's be honest, that's not, that's not where her head was at. And... I don't know why she did it. I didn't put her into the role, but um, I don't think there was any doubt that that's, that wasn't what she w- was wanting to do with her with herself. And um, uh, and yeah, we probably pushed her into areas that were really uncomfortable for her. Yeah. Um, just just wind this up in a yeah, sec. Sure. I just one thing I want to ask you: two people I see who still use radio brilliantly, former announcers, but but now use it to, for their own other sort of interests is. Um, Andrew Denton and yep. Will Anderson. Yep. Now, when both those guys have got a product to push, they will be on absolutely every radio yep. station. They fully grasp the power of the medium. Will, in particular, I mean, he leaves no stone unturned. Oh, he's it's, extraordinary. It's incredible, isn't it? When, uh, when he's promoting a show, yeah, he's, and he's and he turns up for every show prepared. I mean, he's he's the ultimate professional, and um, he just I, I've never ever heard him on any breakfast show, drive show, where he doesn't come in and make it better he's a real for ten minutes. And Denton is, you know, uh, hey, um, get me to the front of his queue in terms of a fanboy. I, I couldn't be any more in awe of Andrew Denton. I think he's just extraordinary. And, um, you know, I, I, as we all have watched him on Enough Rope and I, um, you know, through the interview process with Game Changers, I, I wanted to really practice um, listening and, and allowing, um, uh, you know, the subject matter to, to speak and, and really try and get them into a deeper place by um, giving them some room to talk. Uh, and, it, hey, nowhere near to the level that Andrew did, but, um, you know, he's just unbelievable. You know, he's extraordinary. Yeah. All right, wonderful stuff. Look, uh, the podcast is Game Changers. What's the website address? Yeah, it's radiogamechangers.com. And, uh, you know, once again, um, Jay Mueller, having produced the show, has a business called Bad Producer Productions. Um, So if you're making any of your own media, whether it's podcast or video, um, uh, he and his partner Astrid are extraordinary and uh, can't recommend them highly enough. If you want some of the best voiceover work around, gee. Oh, isn't he good? It's hard to get better oh, than no. Jay. Wow. He's amazing. He, he just, you know, he, he does a little bit of work for the hot breakfast too. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of stuff, but gee, when he does, it's just fantastic. Yeah, he's you brilliant, know. isn't he? It's, it's wonderful stuff. Uh, Craig, always great talking to you. If you've you enjoyed too, this podcast, check out our other um, April 2015 podcast with a uh, 2016, isn't it? To get the year right, with uh, Craig, where we talk about the radio survey. And if you really want to delve into the vault, you can um, mediaweekpodcast.com, type in Craig Bruce, and you'll get a couple of our older podcasts where Craig really talks about his days in radio and just some fascinating listening there. Good on you, James. Always good to see Thanks, you, mate. Thanks, mate. Take care.